You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. for small groups, 10 a.m. for worship, or anytime at asburybosier.org. Well, our scripture text for this morning is Matthew chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. So it'll be up on the screens beside me and in your pew Bibles. So hear now the word of God for the people of God. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold, with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. But he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart, friends. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, friends. Happy New Year. It is so wonderful to be here with you this morning. I was out last week. Um, on vacation and now Matt is now on vacation. I think he's in Disneyland or something. Who's shocked by that? (laughs) Um, So I am just so happy to be here with you. So would you pray with me real quick? God, who is always speaking, help us to listen. Amen. So a new year feels like a lot of pressure on what to preach on to kick off the new year. But then again, there's at least 51 other sermons for the rest of the year, right? But when praying and thinking about what to preach on this first Sunday of 2024, what God laid before me was forgiveness. Ooh, right? (laughs) Suddenly I was a little less excited. It's not as fun as love or hospitality or miracles or new year, new us, you know, an encouraging, rousing sermon on newness. But I think, as always, God has a plan and will surprise us this morning. So what does the Bible actually say about forgiveness? In our text today, Jesus is in Galilee. 
This story is just two chapters from his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. So from Matthew's perspective, this parable is situated near the end of Jesus' ministry. And this text starts with Peter asking Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister if they sin against me? And he offers, how about seven times? Seems like a pretty good number. Which is interesting because Jewish rabbis of the time did teach that people should forgive someone who offends them, but only up to three times. Three strikes are out, it seems. So Peter already thinks he's being generous and offering seven, which is a perfect number in the law and scripture. So we can see here that Peter has been with Jesus long enough to know that Jesus often calls them to more than what they know or have been taught. But Jesus surprises him by responding not up to seven times, but 77 times. So from the very beginning of this text, we already see Jesus challenging the culture of the time and redefining and transforming the law, as Jesus does throughout his ministry. Then Jesus illustrates his point further by telling this parable about a king and his servants. The servant they first speak of owes his king 10,000 talents. And just so you know, one talent is worth about 20 years wages of a laborer. So though he begs and pleads for patience and that he will pay, the debt that he owes is astronomical. There is no way that he could actually repay that in his lifetime. So again, this further illustrates how deeply God has forgiven us and how Jesus calls us to forgive others. But what about this word, forgiveness? What does it mean in the scriptures? In my study of this word, it appears only 17 times in scripture. And both the Hebrew and the Greek words say similarly, and I think we have a slide for this. Forgiveness means release from bondage or imprisonment, forgiveness or pardon of sins, and I love this in parentheses, letting them go as if they had never been committed. Remission of penalty, deliverance, and liberty. And in our text today, we see all of these definitions. The king compassionately releases his servant from the bondage of this insurmountable debt that he owes him. And I hope another example that comes to our minds is the forgiveness from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Like the king in the story that has extreme compassion for his worker to forgive his debt, God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to come down to earth as a human being like we just celebrated to save us from our debt of sin. A debt that much like the workers is something that we could never accomplish ourselves. So Jesus came and hung on this cross sinless and blameless for us taking all of our and humanity's sin upon himself so that when we leave this earth we can continue living an eternal life with God. And not only that, But Jesus came to teach us that we can have an abundant life here on earth right now as well. So if you haven't heard it before, or you need to hear it again this first Sunday of 2024, you are forgiven. You are good. You are and worth saving. You are worthy. God created you, knows your name and knows your story. 
Even if you think you're so unworthy and unforgivable and you're not enough, no matter what has happened to you this past year or moment or what you've done, there is nothing that you have done, no sin too big or too many that the blood and sacrifice of Christ cannot cover. You are forgiven and you are loved beyond measure. Forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness is for all. And all we have to do is respond. Our response is accepting that sacrificial act and entering into relationship with Jesus. Repenting of our sin and trying to imitate and live our lives like Christ. So now that we know what forgiveness is, why is forgiveness important from a biblical perspective? What's our why as followers of Christ? Why should we forgive? And this morning I offer four reasons. One, because God has forgiven you. Two, because God calls us to as God's people. Three, because it will bring you and sometimes the other freedom and peace. And four, because we are ambassadors for Christ. It's interesting, at the end of the passage we read today, and in many other verses of scripture, even in the Lord's Prayer, like we say every week, there seems to be a connection between the divine forgiveness, so this vertical between God and humanity, and the horizontal, the human forgiveness from human to human. For example, verses like, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, like we say every week, or forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. It's like it's in the same breath. And there are even some verses like our text today that say, but if you do not forgive, your father will not forgive you, which is kind of confusing to read. So I wanted to address that because again, there is nothing that we can do to earn our salvation. Jesus accomplished that on the cross for us. But I interpret these verses as showing us how serious God is about us forgiving one another. God has forgiven us, so we must also forgive others. Like our story demonstrates, God is in the forgiveness business, and God's people should be too. Like the servant who had been forgiven, though, we could easily harden our hearts, demand retribution or punishment, turn our backs, and cast people out. It's what feels right and natural and good, and it's what the world tells us to do. We have instincts to protect ourselves, and that's not a bad thing. But we are called to more as followers of Christ. Forgiveness was given, modeled, and charged to us by Jesus himself. Even hanging on the cross, Jesus cries out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we carry that same charge. You see, as followers of Christ, we are called to practice forgiveness. Forgiveness, the noun, appears in the Bible 17 times, but forgive the verb appears 65 times. It's almost four times as much. See, it has to be a verb and an active tense for us. Forgiveness should become a daily practice for us in our thoughts, in our families, and friendships, in our workplaces, in our church, and our church's conversations with our enemies and in our lives. A daily practice. When I was younger, I attended Loyola College Prep, which is a uh, Catholic high school here in Shreveport. And I learned for Lent, you are supposed to give up something that hinders your relationship with God. So you really kind of spend more time with the Lord. And people will sometimes add on other things so their physical lives will be healthier too. 
So one year I boldly gave up television and sweets. And I would like to say as your pastor that I was victorious, but I was not. <laughs> I lasted about seven days. It was really hard. It would probably still be hard, honestly. But in that week, I became aware of how much and how often I craved television or a sweet treat. You see, I want forgiveness to become like that for us. When someone says something unkind to you, forgive them. When a person cuts you in line or in traffic, forgive them. That one's hard for me. When your spouse forgets to do the dishes, forgive them. When someone hurts our feelings, forgive them. When we wear this cross around our necks, may we be reminded to forgive. We can hold people accountable and let them know that they have hurt us, but we can also forgive. And transversely, we need to keep ourselves accountable too. When we might have done something to hurt someone else, truly and humbly apologize and ask for their forgiveness. I want us to become aware of opportunities to exercise forgiveness and ask for forgiveness when we have done wrong or harm. Practice forgiveness. To put it another way, a different example I have is every time I pass a person experiencing homelessness or someone in need, my mind immediately recalls the scripture when Jesus says, whatever you did for the least of my brothers, you did for me. And that compels me to move. It's become part of my thinking and influences my response. I want verses on forgiveness or the notion of forgiveness to pop into your mind when something happens, big or small. Being reminded that God has forgiven and continues to forgive us of our sin and that we are called to forgive also. Like Jesus taught Peter in our text today through the king who says, and should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you. So how do we practice forgiveness? Continue reading your Bible. There's tons of verses and stories on forgiveness. Pray about it. Ask God for help. It's not easy. Talk to God about it. Lament, grieve, go to therapy and counseling. It's okay to have Jesus and a therapist. You gotta feel and deal with it before you heal. From it. And lastly, talk to trusted friends. Lean on this church and this community of believers. And let's humbly assess our own behavior, our words, our actions, where we might have hurt someone this past year, this past day, this past minute. Where might we have to go and ask for forgiveness? So now that we've talked about the what and the why and the how, let's talk about the who. That's probably the biggest one. One of my favorite videos to watch is a segment from Jimmy Kimmel's show right around Halloween. He asks parents to tell their kids the morning after Halloween that they have eaten all of their candy and to film their reactions. And so while I couldn't show you the whole video, I did take a screenshot of um, some of their reactions, <laughs> if you could see them. One kind of looks like the Howl little girl. I don't know if that's one of y'all, but... <laughs> But they had all different responses, right? They were angry, some of them walked away, some said a curse word or what they thought was a curse word. Some were disappointed and cried and stomped around in their room. A lot of them were confused. But I'll never forget this one little girl. She was clearly upset and saddened, but said, it's okay, mom, I forgive you. 
Who should I forgive? This question reminds me when Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan. A lawyer asks Jesus, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus responds, well, what is written in the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, yes, that's right. And the lawyer pushes to his real question, and who is my neighbor? And I think a lot of us ask this question when it comes to forgiveness. But who is my neighbor, God? Who do I have to love and forgive? Surely not this person. Do you know what they have said or done to me? We have those responses like the kids, angry, cursing, disappointment, sadness, confusion, tears, not them, God. But friends, in all those verses of forgiveness, there is no asterisk, no exceptions, no unless, no footnote. We can't be like that same servant in the text that has been forgiven and then turns right around and does not forgive others. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. I love that. Develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. For he who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love. You see, these two concepts and practices are intertwined and cannot be separated from each other. Forgiving is loving, and loving is forgiving. You cannot be a loving person or truly love someone if you are not a forgiving person. Think about all of the good relationships that you have in your life. Have you ever forgiven any of them for anything? Have they ever forgiven you for something? So as followers of Christ, loving our neighbors and our enemies means practicing forgiveness. Even when people aren't sorry, or if they don't deserve it, because neither did we. But I want to get real for a second. This sounds great and easy, and it's easy for me to stand up here and say, this is what the word says, friends. But what about those people who are harder to forgive than just a parent who says they've eaten all of your candy? What about those people who have betrayed your trust, that have walked away, that have recklessly damaged or ended a marriage, a friendship, or even a life? People that have manipulated you and hurt you or a member of your family that committed or caused the unthinkable to happen. What about those whose should I forgive? And I'll push even further. Maybe you're struggling to forgive God. Maybe something horrible has happened. Something you do not and cannot understand. And that's okay. God can handle your emotions. And God is right there with you. God has never and will never leave you. Even when you're struggling to believe or struggling to feel like God is there. Maybe you're struggling to forgive yourself for something you've done or said or failed to do or become. Remember that you are forgiven. So if God has forgiven you, it is time to forgive yourself. Let go. Be released from that bondage. Friends, I don't know your individual stories, but I'd like to. 
And I know that all of us at some point have been hurt by someone or some situation in our lives. And maybe that's even where you are right now, sitting in this room or listening online, searching, hurting. Maybe it's your first time back in church after a while. Maybe you come often, but you're needing to hear from God today. Friends, God sees you, God knows, and God cares. Maybe there's a name or a situation that comes to your mind when I talk about forgiveness or who should I forgive and it hurts and it's real and you're walking around carrying this pain, this brokenness, this trauma like a chain behind you. But I'm here today to tell you that that is not what God wants for you. God promises an abundant, full, complete, whole life in him. Jesus in John 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly or to the fullest in some translations. Not just drip drops, not trickles, not small portions, not rations, not squeezing out a little moisture from God's promises but the God of the pouring forth, the God who causes our cups to run over, God of the more than we could ever hope for, ask, or imagine, God of the overflow of the rivers of living water and waterfalls of abundant grace and love. Folks, Jesus wants more for you and your life, not just to survive. And forgiving others is one thing that will help us experience that abundant life that he promises. So my advice to you this morning as we start this new year is to practice and work towards forgiveness in the small and the big things in our life. Not just because Jesus calls us to in scripture, but because it will liberate you. Number three, forgiveness will bring peace and freedom for you. Remember, forgiveness's very definition is release from bondage or the ties that bind. Forgiving has the power to break those chains around our hearts and that we carry on our backs. It has the power to bring us into peace, wholeness, fullness, no matter what has happened to us. And that's what God promises. And forgiveness will liberate you from the grip that unforgiveness has on your heart because if we are clenching our fists and harboring grudges and hatred for one another it is like chains that keep us here and we can't step into that abundant life that God has for us and we can't reach God extending God's hand out to say follow me I am your good shepherd no matter what storm you are experiencing I will lead you beside still waters and into green pastures. I love you and I want what's best for you. The theologian Henry Nouwen writes, to forgive another from the heart is an act of liberation. We set that person free from the negative bonds that exist between us. As long as we do not forgive, we pull them with us, or worse, as a heavy load. The great temptation is to cling in anger to our enemies and then define ourselves as being offended and wounded by them. Forgiveness, therefore, liberates not only the other, but also 
ourselves. It is the way to the freedom of the children of God. So children of God, practice forgiveness. Stop picking back up what God has asked you to lay at the cross and let go of. Forgiveness is not a weakness. It is, in fact, our greatest strength as people of God. And I want to take a moment to say, too, that practicing forgiveness is not trivial. It is not easy. And forgiveness is also not being a doormat. It's not allowing someone to keep hurting you or your family. And forgiveness cannot be demanded by the person who has done the harm, because that's manipulation. But in these really traumatic situations of life, I think we are called to do the work and the process of forgiving, even if people aren't sorry or don't deserve it, but that does not mean that we need to keep them in our close circle or even in your life. Again, God wants that full, abundant, restored life for you, and it's okay if you don't allow that person to keep walking with you. So our last why should we forgive? We are to forgive because we are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.20 reads, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. And Jesus himself says, This is how everyone will know that you are my disciples when you love each other. Friends, forgiveness is powerful for us, yes. And sometimes for someone else too. People may experience your forgiveness and be changed or not even be involved, but see that you forgave that person. If we are to be known by our love, that must include being known by our capacity to forgive and our willingness to humble ourselves, repent, say we're sorry, change our behavior and ask forgiveness when we have done wrong and harm. Imagine what this city nation and world would look like if we were more gentle, humble, and forgiving. Imagine. So when we practice forgiveness, we show other people whose we are. We point to Christ. If we are adopted and chosen children of a God of love and forgiveness, then we must be people of love and forgiveness. Alexander Pope wrote, to err is human, to forgive divine. When we forgive, we reflect and allow people to experience the divine of God's love for them and God's forgiveness of them and that they are called to more too. And folks, some people have never experienced anything like that. We have the power to forgive others just like God has forgiven us because we will never be among people that God did not create in God's image, die for, and love. Forgive because you have been forgiven, because you are called to by Christ, because it will bring you peace and freedom, and because you are ambassadors for Christ. So my challenge to you in this brand new year is to try to practice forgiveness. Whether it's little things and or those big things weighing on our hearts, talk about it with God, your children, your partner, your friends, your coworkers, and yes, even your enemies. Who might you need to forgive 
and experience healing and practice humility in evaluating where you might need to ask for forgiveness. We must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. So as we move into 2024, may we continue to be ambassadors for Christ, known by our love, mercy, justice, and yes, our forgiveness. Amen. As Tommy comes back up for our sermon response song, you may have noticed that you have little strips of paper in your pews. (laughs) So as Tommy plays our sermon response song, I want each of you to think about something that you've heard, what you felt when we talk about forgiveness, release from bondage, pardon of sins, deliverance, or liberation. Did a name or situation or concept come to your mind? Something you need to be released from this year, something weighing on your heart. Whatever you don't want to keep with you as we move into 2024, I want you to write it on this slip of paper. Maybe someone you need to forgive or ask forgiveness from. Maybe forgiving yourself, God, or another. Asking forgiveness for something you've done or failed to do. Whatever the sermon stirred up for you, write it down. We also place them along the altar rail if you need another one. (laughs) Then when we come up for communion, either put it at the altar rail or in these baskets that we have provided. Anything you need to be released from this year. Friends, remember that you are forgiven. So now may we practice that forgiveness and or ask for it if need be as God's children and ambassadors.